Hello and welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your host. We are rolling through the I Love a Mystery serial, The Thing That Cried in the Night. Now, as I was saying on last week's uh, episodes, these were um, edited, shall we say, by the person who transferred them from the original transcription discs back in the 60s, Jim Harmon. He wrote a book called um, The Great Radio Heroes and was a huge fan of I Love a Mystery and other, other children's serials. And he borrowed the original transcription discs from Carlton E. Morse, who was the writer and producer of the show. In doing so, he edited them to save reel-to-reel tape. And so you don't have, in some cases, an original opening or a recap narration. And most cases, you have a very clipped closing as well because he was trying to just get the the body of the program crammed onto as many reel-to-reel tapes as he could, uh, as, as few reel-to-reel tapes as he could. And it leaves us today with kind of a hodgepodge that's sad, but you can get the gist of it, and you can certainly follow the series itself. The um, the action part of the show is intact. He didn't mess with that. So um, you can follow it, but it's just not the ideal way to present a vintage radio show. And I'm sorry we have to do that, but that's all we have. And no one seems to know where those original transcription discs are now. They were in possession of the Morse family, but they don't seem to be anywhere these days that we can find. So this is what we have to live with. All right, so we are on episode 9 and 10. Uh, Next time will be 11 and 12, and then the following Thursday, 13, 14, and 15, to wrap it up. Again, there is no opening to this particular one. Uh, In order to save tape, it just opens. And so that's what we're going to do, and then we'll play episode 10, November 10th and November 11th of 1949, a Thursday and a Friday. Here we go. Sit down here, Cherry. Yes? Hey, Jack, what'd you send Reggie out for? Special job that needed to be done at once. Oh. Well, hello, Cherry. Ain't you happy? No. Well, neither is your big brother Job here, so that makes two of you. Yes, I know. Well, ain't you gonna say hello to your little sister, Job? We don't need small talk. My sisters and I understand each other. That's just the trouble. We don't. We don't what? Understand each other. We all want to love you so much, Job. And you won't let us. You crazy little fool. Job, don't talk to me like that. Don't you know these men brought you down here just to hear you talk? But I haven't got anything to say they shouldn't hear. Oh, you haven't, huh? No. Did you think I did? Look, I don't know anything about it. I wish somebody would give me a drink. Has he had anything while I was up getting cherry? Nope, not a drop. All right, pour him another jigger. Jigger. It's not even a drop of water on a hot stove. Job, I wish you wouldn't drink. Yeah. Yes. Why do you? The same reason Faye indulges herself in vulgar language. The same reason Hope's devoting her life to chauffeurs. The same reason you... What, Job? What am I? The same reason you're the way you are. But what am I? What is it I am? I want to know. I've got to know. Can't you see she's driving me nuts? Why don't you pull her off? I wish you'd answer a question, Job. What did you mean, she's the way she is? No, thank you. And have them on my neck? Them? That's right. Cherry's mysterious they. 
The little people. Hey, you believe they are around, too? Very much around. They're going to destroy this house before they're through. Not while we're here to prevent it. Yes, they will. Because they will have completed the job here before you realize who they are. The Martins will come to ugly and early deaths one by one. It'll seem so strange, so unnatural, utterly unsolvable. And all the time, they will be right under your nose. They, these murdering little people who've been closing in on Cherry and the rest of this household. Now, will you please give me another shot of that brandy? Jack. Jack, look at Cherry. Why does a sheet? Cherry. Cherry, do you hear me? Oh. oh, yes. I was thinking. About what? I didn't know anyone realized how dangerous they were except me. There's not a bit of blood in your face. Are you all right? Yes, I'm all right. But now I know why Job is drinking so much. Why is Job drinking? Well, why? Because he's as frightened as, as I am. Is that true, Job? No. Mr. Packard. Yes? Where are Faye and Hope and Grandma? Faye and Hope are locked in their bedrooms. Your grandmother's in her suite on the third floor. C could they come down here? I suppose they could, if there's any good reason for it. Yes, there is. I'll have to know what it is first. Job has something to tell all of us. Job? Hey, what are you talking about? I promise you. I promise you he will tell something. But everybody's got to be here. You might as well save yourself the trouble. I haven't got anything to say to anybody. If he doesn't tell you, I will. I promise. She's crazy. I don't know. But I think we'll try it. Doc. Yeah? Go up and ask Grandma Martin to come down here. Then get Faye and have her help you bring Hope down. Wake Hope up if she's still asleep? Yes, yeah, she may still be a little weak. Okay. Oh, just a minute. See that she's warmly dressed. Person coming out of a heavy dose of chloroforms in danger of pneumonia. Yeah, I'll take care of her. Look here, Packard. I don't like this. You don't like what? It just happens I don't want to see my grandmother right now. Why not? That's my affair. Sorry. You'll have to stay. I haven't got anything to say, and neither is Cherry. But I have, Joe. I'm not going to stay, and that's all there is to it. Job, sit down. You heard what I said. I said sit down. I punch you once tonight, and I can do it again if I have to. What are you going to sit down? You're being almighty high-handed in this house. Your grandmother gave me full authority. Now sit down and relax. Strong-arm method. Yeah, that's better. Sometimes a strong arm is the only thing people understand. At least give me another drink. No. You've had enough for now. I've never had enough. I never will have enough. Enough of what? Well, speak up. Enough of what? Job thinks he needs a drink, Mrs. Martin. Nonsense. Everyone tries to make Job appear worse than he is. Job, dear, would you like a cup of coffee? No, I wouldn't like a cup of coffee. Oh, don't be naughty now, Job. Oh, nuts. Hello, Grandma. What's wrong with you now? Nothing. Nothing, Grandma. And I'd like to know who moved the chairs in this library. Chairs? Certainly. They're not where they belong at all. Well, I'm afraid I'm responsible for that. Indeed. Well, they go right back where they belong. Get up, Cherry. Yes, Grandma. May I help you? Do you know where they go? <laughs> well, I'm afraid not. Well, then stand out of the way. Just as you like. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> Did someone touch one of Grandma's precious chairs? Oh, hello, Faye. Hi, Miles. Hello, Job. How's drinking these days? Ha, <laughs> ha, great joke. Come on, Grandma, relax. Mind your manners, Faith Martin. <laughs> oh, those chairs of hers have been sitting in exactly the same spot in the library for 40 years. She knows where they belong to the fraction of an inch. I certainly do. There. Now, the room looks like something. Where's Doc and Hope? They're coming. Hope's feeling pretty good, so I came on down. What's happening now? Cherry and Job have an interesting surprise for us. Oh, Job's not going to confess he's responsible for the baby, is he? <laughs> Don't be vulgar, Faye. Take your own chair, Cherry. Yes, Grandma. Job, 
Come here to your chair beside me. Look, Grandma, will you lay off me tonight? Joe. All right, Grandma, anything you want. Say, what is this? What do you mean, Job's own chair? Some more of Grandma's discipline. When we were kids, we each had our own chair, and every evening we had to sit in that particular chair and listen to Grandma read to us. Kept you from running the streets. You mean all these years you've always sat in the same chair in its same position? It was the law. You must have ruled with an iron hand, Mrs. Martin. I did, and I'm proud of it. Yes, but you're not quite so proud of what you made out of us, are you? I'll thank you not to blame inherent wickedness onto me. Any bad in you children came from your mother's side of the family. You leave our mother out of this, Grandma. <laughs> you can take it our mother wasn't a Martin. And that she probably died to get out from under the thumb of Grandma. Job, you've never said an unkinder word in your life. That pays you back for your jab at our mother. Oh, you're an ungrateful boy, Job. Okay, I'm ungrateful. Yeah, everybody's in the library. Oh, here they come. They're kind of weak. You, you better sit down here. Hope, take your own chair. Hey, what you mean? Hope's in no condition to walk She can her... walk over here to her own chair. Well, I swear to Grandma. That's all right. I'm wobbly, but I'm game. Come on. Well, I don't mind telling you, Grandma. The more I see you, the more I don't like you. Keep a civil tongue in your head. There you are. Okay? Yes, I'm perfectly all right. Well, I think this is your first appearance among the living, if you call this living, since your attack of chloroform. Yes, and it's nice being alive, if you're interested. I want to ask you a question about that later. About being alive? No, about who did it. Well, I can save the interview right now by saying I was asleep when it happened. You didn't wake up while it was being given? If I did, I went right out again. And you've no idea who did it? No. Not even whether it was a man or a woman? No. Come now, what's all this about? I think you asked for our presence down here, didn't you, Mr. Packard? That's right. This is to be Cherry's show. Cherry and Joe's. What's the matter? Have they been after her again? This has nothing to do with they. Yes, it does. It has everything to, to do with them. I understood either Job here was going to make a confession or that you were going to make the confession for him. What sort of nonsense is this? It's true, Grandma. It's true. Job, what are you going to confess? Nothing. Cherry's got bats in her belfry, and they've got her going in circles. Mr. Packard, you mean you brought us all down here simply on the word of this neurotic girl? I'm not neurotic. You don't say that about me. Mrs. Martin, if you'll please just let me go ahead with this in my own way. But the child's utterly irresponsible. Please. Oh. Now then, Job. Don't look at me. I haven't anything to say. Cherry? Job, why don't you tell them? Why don't you make a clean breast of the whole thing? What are you talking about? The murder of the chauffeur. Cherry Martin, are you accusing your brother Job? Be still, Mrs. Martin. I never heard Mrs. anything. Mrs. Martin. Well, I never did. Is that what you're doing, Cherry? Accusing Job of the chauffeur's murder? Yes. Why, you little double cross? It doesn't matter, Job. It doesn't matter. You'll never be punished for it. You're crazy. I suppose I'm the one who tried to chloroform Hope here, huh? Suppose I've been pushing you downstairs and slashing you. Just a minute, Job. Cherry, what do you mean, he'll never be punished for it? Because they'll get him before the law dies. Cherry, what do you mean? It's true, Hope, it's true. Uh, are you trying to give us all the creeps? Why are you all looking at me like that? Stop looking at me like that, do you hear? So the good-natured drunk killed the chauffeur, and they are going to get him before the law does, eh? Can I help it if that's the way it is? Can I? Can I? Doc, yeah? Keep an eye on Job. You bet you. If you ask me, Jack... Hey, who turned out the light? Quiet, listen. The baby, the baby. Doc, get the light on. I gotta feel my way around. 
Darn if it don't sound like it's right here in this room. Hurry up. Turn on that light. Got it. All right. Everyone stay right where he is. You all right? All of you? I don't want to be vulgar, but I feel like something laid a hard-boiled egg in the pit of my stomach. The baby cried. It's a warning. It's a warning to Joe. Nonsense. I won't have it. What I want to know is how those lights were turned off. No one was within six feet of that switch. But the baby, the warning. Doc, you stand there right beside that switch from now on. Okay, fella. I'd like to... Job! Job! He's been shot through the head. The gun with the silencer. Yes. Oh, Joe, darling. Oh, Joe. Joe. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? They want all of us dead. transcribed adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie will come to you tomorrow at this same hour. I Love a Mystery, written and directed by Carlton E. Morse, comes to you Monday through Friday, featuring Russell Thorson as Jack, Jim Bowles as Doc Long, and Tony Randall as Reggie York. Frank McCarthy speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. I Love a Mystery, transcribed. It just got to be right, Jack. The, the shot that killed Job come from out on the porch. I know that. And, and Faye, Hope, and Cherry, and Grandma Martin was a-setting right in this room with us. That's right. So they couldn't have done it if they'd wanted to. Looks that way, doesn't it? It not only looks that way, it is that way. What you keep nosing around this library for? What you expect to find? The answer. Answer? Answer to what? Uh, someone in this room killed Job. You're crazy. That's so? I'll be a bow-legged hypnosis if you ain't. What? Ain't we just admitted Job was shot from out on the porch? Doc, you're sure Reggie's up patrolling the second floor hallway? Of course he is. That's what you just told him to, ain't it? Yes. Well, then, that's where he is. Looky, it's three in the morning. How about us calling the whole thing off and going to bed? Can't. Well, if the police are satisfied he is shot from outside... Why shouldn't we be? Because I know more than the police do. Okay, you know more than... Huh? You know more about what? What's going on in this house. For instance, 
We know that a baby cries in this house and that there's no baby. Yeah. We know that Cherry predicted Job's death not ten minutes before he was killed. You mean her saying they would get him before the law did? Yes. How did she know? Well, how about her being in cahoots with the killer on the outside? Maybe. We also know that just before Job was killed, the lights went out in the library. And the baby cried. Yes, but what made the lights go out? Well, somebody snapped the switch. But who? No one in the room was nearer than six feet to the switch. It's right beside the door. Somebody must have sneaked the door open, reached in, and snapped them off. Who? Well, the guy that shot Job from the porch. Maybe. I don't think so. Well, why don't you? Here, bring your flashlight over here and run along the floor. What for? Would you mind, Doc? Oh, no, of course not. Thanks. Hmm. Okay. You know, fella, don't mind me saying so, but I think you're trying to make something out of nothing. You can go to bed if you want to. Oh, you know doggone well I won't go to bed till you do. Suit yourself. Why do you think somebody in this house done murder? At least you can tell me that much. It was too well set up. It was all planned. What was? The murder. Cherry insisted on bringing the whole family down here. Cherry accused Job of killing the chauffeur and predicting his death. Cherry was frightened from the moment we brought her into this room with Job. Cherry's always scared. But just the same, she was breathless, expectant, waiting for something to happen. Then you, you really think she done it? On the other hand, Grandmother Martin acted very peculiar. She insisted on arranging the chairs in a certain position in the room. She insisted on each one of the family taking a certain chair. She selected the chair right in front of the window for Joe. But didn't Faye explain that she'd been doing that since they were little kids? Yet when I interviewed the family on the first night we got here, she didn't insist. Everyone sat where he wanted to. Hmm. That's funny. Yes, I think so, too. The only thing about Grandma doing it, though, everybody said Joe was her favorite. You don't just up and murder your favorite grandchild. You don't even help somebody else do it. Still, she did make him sit in the chair in front of the window. Yeah, she done that all right. But looky, Jack, just before the murder, uh, you were so sure that Faye was the one. I'm still not overlooking her. She's the most intelligent, the most capable of planning a foolproof murder. And she, she was the one nearest. Hey, wait a minute. I just thought of something. Did you hear any gun go off? What's that? When Job was shot, did you hear any gun go off? No. Well, neither did I. Just the smashing of the window. Which means the gun with the silencer was used. Yeah. I guess that'd have to be it, wouldn't it? Hmm. Well, well what's that for? Huh? Well, what you doing that for? Marking on the floor where each chair is placed. Just in case they're moved. There. Yeah, now then, we're ready to go upstairs. To bed? <laughs> no, not to bed. Oh, all right, all right. I was just asking. Uh, will you tell me one thing, though? What? Why, if you think Cherry or Grandma or Faye is a killer, didn't you lock them up tonight? I said Reggie to patrolling in front of their rooms, didn't I? Yeah, but this afternoon you had them all locked in and had me and Reggie watching besides. Now you have their doors unlocked and you only have Reggie on the job. I've been waiting for something to happen. Huh? You've been doing what? Waiting for something to happen. You mean that's what we've been doing in yonder in the library, waiting for something? Yes. Well, I thought you said you was hunting for something. Well, I had to put in the time some way. But what? Waiting for what? For the murderer to make the next move. For the... You mean you're turning the murderer loose to prowl in the house? That's about it. Well, just to see what he'd do next? Yes. Then why'd you bother to put Reggie up on the second floor? So he could get to all the rooms fast in case the baby cried. And no baby ain't cried. No. So you're giving up expecting something to happen? Maybe. I'll take it easy on the stairs. Yeah. Hey, that, that kind of makes my hair stand up, fella. Right this minute, a killer may be a-sneaking and a-crouching around in dark places. Hey, 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 hold it. What's the matter? There's somebody standing there at the head of the stairs. What? 
Oh, what's the matter with you, Doc? That's Reggie. Well, what's he in the shed for? Is that you, Jack? Yes, Reggie. Everything quiet up here? Too belly quiet, if you ask me. Haven't heard anything, huh? Mm, there's been movement in Faye's room. I don't think that young woman's getting much sleep tonight. A bad conscience, maybe, huh? That's all you've heard? Funny thing, once I thought I heard a rustling of a dress. When was that? Oh, 15, 20 minutes ago. What did it sound like? Just movement. Like a drape blowing at an open window. Must have been hearing things known in the hall. If any of the doors had been open and closed, I'd have heard them. You couldn't have seen around the corner of the hall? No, but it's been so quiet, I would have heard the turn of a doorknob. Maybe. Maybe not. Let's have a look. But I tell you, Jack, there's no time for guesswork. We make sure. This is Faye's room. Yeah, give me a flashlight. Uh Uh-huh. Wait here. I thought you said Faye was awake. She was. Half an hour ago. She all right, Jack? Yes, her bed looks like it had been stirred up with a spoon, but she's asleep now. Hope's right around the corner of the hall. All right. I don't see how anyone can sleep tonight. Their brother murdered. Exhaustion. I suppose so. This is it. Wait here. Funny, they didn't lock their doors from inside. But I was on duty up here. Just the same with somebody prowling. Oh, uh, Hope okay? Yes. Doesn't look like she'd moved since she got into that bed. Doc, you keep watch down here while Reggie and I go up on the third floor and have a look at Grandma and Cherry. Sure, go ahead. Come on, Reggie. Hey. Hey, what's going on? Oh, hello, Faye. Did somebody just come into my room? Yeah, Jack, uh, just checking up. Well, he's got his nerve. For your own good. I'll bet I was something to look at. Didn't he ever hear the old saw, let sleeping girls lie? I guess not. Where is he now? Oh, up on the third floor, checking on Grandma and Cherry. <laughs> Grandma's gonna love that. Well, business is business. <laughs> Grandma keeps a poker beside her bed. For his own good, he'd better not wake her up. Grandma's asleep? Yes. She snores. <laughs> now then, across the hall is Cherry. Listen. The baby. Quick, look in Cherry's room. Righto. Turn on the light. I'm trying to. Here it is. Say, she's not here. Cherry's not here. Downstairs, quick. Get down, wait. What's that? Here by the door, look. Handkerchief, blood on it. Oh, I say. Come on, don't stand there. Jack, Jack, wait a minute, look here. We haven't got time for it. But right, right here by the head of the stairs. A shoe, what's that? Here, let me see it. A girl's shoe. Cherry's. Come on, keep your eyes open. I do Here. Here's something else. Yeah, I say, a ribbon out of her hair. Jack, Jack, the baby. Did you hear the baby? Yeah, we heard it. And Cherry's not in the room. Cherry, you, you mean the baby's got her? Don't be a fool. Doc, you stay here and guard these doors. Reggie and I have got a job on our hands. Well, where are you going? Search the house. She seems to have been dropping things all along the way. I say, what's this? Stocking. Looks like a striptease here. I'm downstairs to the first floor. Something at the foot of the stairs. Another shoe. What's that in the hallway? Get it. I say, I don't see it. Toward the back of the house. The baby again. Hurry. Hurry. She must have gone this way. All right. What'd you pick up that time? I don't know, but it's it's feminine, lacy, and perfumed. Well, hang on to it. Now, this goes into the kitchen. Come on. Now, look around. I say, here it is. A bit of lace. Looks like it was off a dress. Right in front of this door. Jove. Dark. Must be the cellar. Find a light. Crying. Here it is. Come on. 
Here, this way. Check, I say, the furnace. It's going full blast. I can see it. But the furnace, full blast, at three in the morning? Look. Look there, Reggie. It's Cherry. Cherry lying in front of the furnace. Here, let me see. Bound hand and foot. And gagged. She's unconscious. But Jack, the furnace. Do you think they were going to do it? Do you? Okay, another one without an ending. I mean, there's an ending, but there's not an um, official ending. Again, edited long ago, and we don't have the pieces to put it back. So you're getting the body of the story, but uh, you're not getting the original openings and closings as they were. Um, that was uh, chapters 9 and 10. Am I right? Okay. 9 and 10. Uh, next week we have 11 and 12. And then the following week, the last three, 13, 14, and 15. So until then, this is John Tefteller and the Good Old Days Radio Show saying goodbye.